0: To the it Buff Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Gruchowski, CEO and founder of Five and Fly LLC. What if I told you there's no set path on separating from the Army? If you are an active duty Army officer seeking to separate from the Army in the next 18 to 12 months, here's the deal. Stay tuned. The fact of the matter is, people out there are going to tell you that there's a set path to go on, whether that's pursuing an MBA or pursuing a certain internship path. There isn't. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You can write your own path. You just need to be able to filter through the noise. This podcast is going to provide you with interviews, one-on-ones, and personal experiences that help you create an azimuth to guide you on the path of separating from the Army. This isn't going to have all the answers, but it's going to help point you in the right direction. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for tuning in. It'll buff. Welcome to this episode of the Idle Podcast. Today with me, ah oh man, you know, I was doing my, I was doing my due diligence, and I forgot to ask her how to pronounce her her last name. So I have Renee, and I'm a, here. We go, uh, M- Mihail.
1: Yeah, that works, Mihail, either Mahail.
0: Okay, so it's not a double <laughs> syllable. It's Mahail. Okay, great. I, I mean, I have a, you know, Grochowski is my last name, and people look at it and they just like, you know, they lock up, right? Yeah. So I have Renee Mihail with me today. Uh, a West Point graduate, class of 2015, as we were just kind of discussing going into this. And... Um She's got an awesome story. Also, also, shouts out to her. She's the first lady to come on the podcast. So again, thank you so much. Yes, That's, of course. I'm ex- I'm excited to get you know some representation for the other half out there. <laughs> um You know, coming on here, too too many guys, right? We get you know too many guys' points Indeed. of views, and it, it yeah. is awesome. So Renee, thank you so much for coming on. We're gonna go ahead and dive into her story. We're not necessarily traditionally. We've kind of talked more about like transition-specific stuff. And as I kind of talked to her prior to diving into this episode, she uh, mentioned she compartmentalized that part of her life, and uh, <laughs> which I feel like most of us do sometimes. So we'll, you know, we'll kind of hit some of the some of the history and, and mm-hmm. some of just really what shaped her decision-making process to the point where she is now. She's at Yale. She's studying law. She's kind of a baller, so folks, <laughs> sit down, get you, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, get your beverage of choice, get a pen and paper, and take some notes. All right, so without further ado, Renee, please just just introduce yourself to the audience and dive into your story.
1: All right. Hello, everyone. Um, so, yep, I'm Renee Mahale, class of 2015 from West Point. I was a buffalo, so go Buffs. Um, buffs, nice. Also on the swim team, which the men finally beat Navy. And hey. so I'm glad to see that. Come on, uh,
0: man, let's go. Keep year, going. Keep it up. I
1: know. The women obviously will be next, but those are some tough times when I was there. Um, yeah, I branched engineers. I went to um, grad school after graduating from West Point. So I was actually in Paris for two years studying international affairs and political science. Um, then I went down to Fort Stewart. Um, and I was in the 92nd engineer battalion as a horizontal construction PL. And then, you know, milling about in the S3 shop as all of us do when we have Ooh. no, no plans. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you know, other army things too much time spent at Fort Leonard Wood for me. Personally. <laughs>
2: um,
1: but now I'm out, I'm at Yale law school. I'm in my second year. There's three years in law school. So I'm about halfway done, um, And who really knows what the future has in store for me. I definitely did, like you said, compartmentalize the transition process itself. The paperwork, I I don't really know the nitty gritty of that anymore. That is definitely in the rearview mirror. But um, yeah, happy to talk about basically transitioning to grad school in the law school perspective. I think um, most of us probably go to business school, but the law also cares deeply about veterans. And I think we make a good uh, a good difference in this space.
0: No, I, that's great input thinking about really the different avenues that you can take once you decide to get out of the army. I think to your point, a lot of veterans, they just it's, it's to me, especially the, 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 my peers that I hung around with a lot mm-hmm. of them was the, the MBA consulting, Hey, let's, that's just kind of been the prove a track record. Mm-hmm. Um, it was few and far between to hear a lot of my peers talk about pursuing, you know, a tenure in law, right? Like mm-hmm. this idea of going to law school and just, you know, it's, it to me, uh, I've, you know I've watched plenty of YouTube videos of the debunking of suits, but I was a huge suits fan, and you know, that's what I thought law was like, and I was like, Hey, yeah. I should go check this thing out. And then they're like, No, that is like not even remotely close to <laughs> how the law works. And I was like, Man, you tell me I can't just go be Harvey Specter or Mike Ross, and, <laughs> yeah,
1: you and know, I'm not just... Megan Markle or exactly <laughs> or Megan,
0: or you know, uh gosh, but no, um, I think you know you mentioned something interesting, and I want to mm-hmm. hit on that. And I don't know how that kind of affected your timeline because this mm-hmm. again is the first time I have talked about it. But mm-hmm. this idea of going and pursuing education directly out of mm-hmm. West Point and how that kind of stacked up your Army career there and after—I mm-hmm. don't know. You know, I think because there's probably some people who uh, have done you know we mm-hmm. accrue and add so as West Pointers, right? But in, in a way you know, the five-year commitment, but like, did that tack on any additional time? Was it a scholarship? You know, how does that affect it?
1: Yes. No, that the reason that obviously no one can see me, but I'm smirking. Um, (laughs) it should have tacked on time, Mm. but the army messed up art, my contract. So it didn't for me, (laughs) but I think they've really, you know, closed up the loose ends there. They've dotted their, uh, eyes and crossed their T's. And, um, As a future lawyer to be at that moment, I was like, I've got you, HRC. (laughs) You're in trouble now. But um, truthfully, the way that it works from West Point, and I know that the scholarship program has really picked up since we graduated. um, But when I was there, if you got any any sort of scholarship, you could pursue a grad degree. I think most students thought you had to be a Rhodes Scholar, Marshall Scholar, I was none of those. I just got a scholarship through the school itself. And so West Point allowed me and the army allowed me to go directly into a a graduate program before even going to Bullock. Um, And so I think that that's kind of a secret. I don't know, again, if they've figured that out and now they don't want to send a million people to um, grad programs post-grad. I will say Navy has a different approach. And even when there was a Navy kid in my program. They have a very limited number of slots for people who can pursue grad degrees. So again, i that is something that I would like check out. If there are cadets listening to this, um, I would look into that more deeply before you just get a scholarship and then say this random 2015 grad said I could do
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's um, not how it works.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, sometimes, but I think in this case, no. Um, so I was again, I was in Paris for two years, which was pretty amazing um, learning about international affairs and diplomacy and European affairs um, in a place that was so different than the echo chamber that obviously exists sometimes at West Point. I was a social major at West Point. Um, I did comparative politics, which also no longer exists at the school. But um it was really nice to get out and like think deeply and differently than I would have if I had just gone straight into the army. Mm. Um, after that, then I went to Bullock with 2017 grads um, who I think are all now kind of in the process of transitioning, which is really fun to connect with them to see what exactly they're going to be doing. Also my new cadets from when I was a beast platoon sergeant. And that was a little like triggering, I think for both of us <laughs> <laughs> to be in Bullock together. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, you made it. I didn't think you were going yeah. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, they let anyone graduate these days. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Um, but in terms of my timeline, the unit also, to be honest, kind of had to push me forward. I was already a first lieutenant by the time I got to my unit and I had been for about six months. Mm. So I definitely jumped the queue to get a platoon before um, other people who had been there longer. Um, and I know that that definitely rubbed people the wrong way, but Sorry, it's the army and like that's the way the cookie crumbled and like I was going to triple C almost immediately um after I got there. So um I was definitely put on a faster track mm. than I would have been if I hadn't done that obviously. Um but your unit will accommodate you for the most part or they have they should at least. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's- I honestly
1: think sorry, I'm now now you're like opening up memories. Yeah, here we go. Happens. Come on,
0: let the floodworks out. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: Um, I think that I remember we went to NTC. I got there in like January. We went to NTC in April. In March, before we went into the box, I had to like do whatever you have to do to like become a captain. I think you have to like review your board file or something. I don't know. Um, So all of that to say, I basically got to my unit and then I had to do that it was like week two in my office as a PL that I was like submitting that on HRC's website. So things were moving very fast and furious um, in a way that they usually wouldn't be, I think, for mm. most other people.
0: Okay. No, that's uh, very insightful. I think, you know, as somebody I was on the opposite end of the spectrum, obviously, I think most people are uh, <laughs> going directly, you know, to Bullock. Um, I actually chose, I was one of those weird people who, Wanted to like just get right to the unit and have like no downtime. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so basically, I went right to Bullock, right? You know, I was like one of the first Bullock classes right out, and uh, I spent my tenure unfortunately way too long getting familiar with Lotton, Oklahoma. Um, (laughs) so you know, I understand the pain of Leonard Wood. (laughs) I, you know, I had some friends who were up there, and we would drive up, you know, to meet some friends up there every once in a while, but. All that being said, I think that's a, a really unique insight. This idea of, you know, I would hopefully cadets are listening to this because they should, because you know, I, no, you, I you have know, to be
1: thinking about this stuff honestly, a far way out.
0: That's, I mean, that's what I'm continuing to find out. I think you know, we have I've had a conversation with a few guys from my class mm-hmm. of really kind of the sweet spot of thinking about how do I plan out that transition mm-hmm. from the military and when do I really start to put the effort into it. And you know, we, I, to me, I believe kind of the twenty-four month mark out from your separation date has really been yeah. the sweet spot that I think is developable because mm-hmm. it allows you to figure out a lot of the stuff without being on the burner, so to speak. Of mm-hmm. oh man, like it, I need to get rolling here, and it's like you can kind of venture out and figure some venture out and figure some stuffs out, and uh, but. To all that to be said, I think even when you're getting in the military, right, like I'm not saying just be always thinking on the future of getting out of the military, No, like do your due diligence and lead yeah. your platoon and your soldiers yeah. well, but always be thinking about all these different things and listening to these different opportunities because, again, you know, I, to me, I just never really even thought about pursuing a law degree mm-hmm. uh, for me personally, like pursuing secondary education. Yeah. I just had a rough tenure at West Point. Mm-hmm. I was a, you know, not, I just, I, you know, I was also a varsity athlete and, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I chose to be a mechanical engineer was, you, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, don't, you know, everybody's like playing the violin for me. Like, don't feel bad for <laughs> me. But it was just one of those things where I was like, I just like, I was burnt. I was burnt mm-hmm. by school. Yeah. Um, But now that I've kind of started to Separate myself into the mm-hmm. professional world. You know, I've really started to come to encompass and 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 try and pursue more professional development. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay. So you were like a like a, a, you know, I'm I'm gonna butcher the major, but you said comparative politics was your yeah. major. Okay,
1: yes, in like the department of social sciences.
0: Okay. Okay. And then when you were in Paris, what was it? A continuation of that. Um.
1: Yep. I was at the Paris School of International Affairs through Sciences okay. Po, and my technical master's is in human rights and humanitarian action. Okay. Which, you know, might seem far-fetched for the Army, but I would no. say there's a ton of humanitarian action, obviously, and as an engineer officer, I think, like, 95% of the work that we do is obviously very connected to that, so...
0: No, I think it directly correlates. I mean, human affairs, human relations, especially in today's world, is becoming increasingly important, right? Like mm-hmm. it's there. It's no longer just going kicking doors and blow stuff up. You really have to think about just the long-term impact of the actions that you're doing. So yeah. with that being said, what made you want to pursue –
2: the law. Be,
0: go, go, pursue the law. I mean, you know, I think, let, like, yeah, let's dive into that because I, I think that's one of those train of thoughts that I think would be great for people to kind of just listen to and be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm actually kind of have that same idea. Maybe I should yeah. pursue this thing.
1: Um. So I will quickly before I jump into that, something you said about the timeline. I just want to make sure that this is said, especially when applying for grad schools, mm-hmm. and I think for like programs that require a test, such as the MCAT, if you want to go to med school. I have a classmate who is applying right now for the LSAT for law school or the GRE or GMAT. You need to be thinking far in advance because you need to have the test. If it doesn't go well, you need to be able to take it again. You need to be able to get all your products ready. So you like I think 24 months makes a lot of sense mm. because there's a lot of logistics that needs to happen so that you can land on your feet. Like I got out and maybe 2 weeks later started law school, but that meant that in August of whatever year 2021, I had to backwards plan far in advance to like get the LSAT taken care of, get my applications ready, all this stuff. So that is just something that I want to make sure people are thinking no. about too. Um, that you is don't want
0: great advice.
1: Yeah, you don't want to apply and it doesn't go well, but then you've already dropped your refrad mm. and then you're stranded for a year and you don't know what you're going to be doing. Mm. Um, I think you want to give yourself enough time on the front end to really get your products good and get your application right. Um, this is gonna be like a shameless plug. I'm a service to school mentor. I don't know if people know about service to school, but it's a way where veterans who are in, we it's undergrad mentoring, but then also grad degree mentoring for business school, med school, law school, um, I like we'll help people with their application. So veterans who have already been through the process can go through and help review your products. So all of that to be said. <laughs> uh, why did I go to law school?
0: No, that's awesome. No, that's not. I well, like I always. Everybody that comes on the podcast, I like put their information on. So, uh, Renee, you're just signing yourself to get blown up. Uh, be ready. Well, hopefully, I hope that's that is why I want these people to come on yeah. here because it's like I didn't even know service to school. Like I didn't, mm. didn't even know that existed. Okay,
1: uh, yeah, huge. It's free. Wow. I like, they should be paying me at the end of this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No free ads. No (laughs) ads.
1: Um, All I do in law school is free labor now. Anyway, it's free. They uh, like set you up and connect you with veterans who have been in your shoes. We review, like I'm working with this one vet right now. I've reviewed all of her documents, helped her prepare for the LSAT. Like really you, we hold your hand through the process to really help you um, like be set up for success when you're applying to places.
0: Oh, sweet. That's awesome. That's
1: so great. So again, service to school is a great one. But like, if you know people who know people, you can
2: also get connected that way.
1: Um, So truthfully, the okay, I have like two kind of stories as to why law school, I think that I was definitely that little girl growing up who everyone was like, "Ah, you're so bossy, you this, you that, you'd be a great lawyer one day which I'm now realizing was an insult as a child. But at the time I was like, yeah, I'm smart. I would be. A good lawyer.
2: Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. You will be working for me. So uh, be
1: exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you'll want my number. Um, I also think truthfully um, when I was at West point, obviously you were there at the same time. I think my class graduated with 10% women. Um, mm-hmm. I had a pretty horrible experience my second semester with the system. Um, Especially as it comes to, like, sexual harassment, the SHARP program, blah, blah, blah. So, and I felt very abandoned by the system throughout that process. And I felt abandoned by West Point. It, this happened, like, grad week. It all came. Anyway. Oh, God. So, I went into the service kind of disillusioned with, like, the powers that be. Um and I think that was kind of a defining moment for me. I had seen, you know, friends, both male and female, but friends who had been abandoned similarly by systems of power. Um, and I want to be involved in that system so that I can make sure that like fewer people are abandoned. Mm. Um, I think the law right now, depending on how you feel about it, it's, I'm like, some days I'm really motivated about work that I could be doing. And some days I'm like, this is all for naught. I'm just wasting my time and money. But I think that everyone probably feels that way um, no matter what they're doing. Um, But I really wanted to get, at least get a groundwork to understand like how systems in this country operate. Um, I think that if you can learn the law, you obviously can change it. Um, And at like, the local level, your like, local municipal government, all the way to the federal government, like every decision that these lawmakers are making is changing your life for better or worse. Mm. So I really wanted to be like involved in that decision-making process. That being said, I don't really know how it's going to manifest currently in an existential crisis about what I'm going to do post-grad, um, but I have a year and a half to figure it out. And I think that's because there are so many things I didn't even think about before coming to law school that have been open to me as opportunities and different fields that I could pursue that I didn't even realize I was interested in um, until I took a class or I spoke with a professor or I went to a talk. Um, And so that has also been really exciting because you talk with your classmates who have so many lived experiences and your eyes are opened to a whole world you wouldn't have known of otherwise. So um, I think that again, yeah, that's generally why I'm in law school, how it's going. Um, I'm sure there's more to come.
0: <laughs> uh first, thank you for just giving a little bit of uh transparency into your life as to, you know, the motivating factor. Um, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you know, I, I think that's but I think out of that situation, it seems as though it's so far like there is a great follow on um mm-hmm for you. And so I'm, you know, hearing that I'm, I'm motivated for you, uh, to, to continue to pursue this and, and do, and, you know, be great at it. And, um, Mm -hmm. it's just from, you know, obviously the, the small interactions we've had, it sounds like that'll be the case. So I'm looking forward to it. I might have to get your number here at the end of this, you know, (laughs) down the road when I need to, you know, depending on what law you pursue. Right. Uh, but there's really kind of two directions that I want to go in with, and, and we'll go down, you know, whatever we can, we can kind of take you the path, but
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, you mentioned this idea of, well, first you mentioned the idea of going into law school Mm -hmm. of having these ups and downs Mm -hmm. of, you know, it's like, man, like, yes, law school is awesome. This is great. I love learning. And then it's, you know, it's, you get to certain periods and you're just like, what am I, what am I doing? (laughs) You know? And, uh, to your point, I think it's, it's no different in the corporate world. And, you know, to a, to a point, there are those times where we have those ups and downs where same thing here. It's you just, you know, sometimes everything's clicking, life's great. And then sometimes you're just looking around and you're like, am I even, I'm pretty sure I'm subtracting value at this point. Like Mm -hmm. I should like, you know, not take a paycheck this month kind of thing. And so I definitely feel that. And I think to that point, really the question that I want to ask around that is because, you know, for people who are considering going to school, um, post army or, you know, whatever government service you're in, uh, army, Navy, air force, Mm -hmm. you know, DoD, whatever. Um, you know, what, what is the thing that's continuing to, to cause you to drive through and push to the finish? Right. You Mm -hmm. know, it's not, I mean, obviously you're, (laughs) you're putting a lot, it's like, um, I'm not going to call it a sunk cost bias, but like you're putting a lot of time and money yeah. into this thing to where, you know, you really want to be successful. And I know obviously that is one motivating factor, but mm-hmm. you know, time and money, some people would still be willing to give that up to go pursue something yeah. else. So really kind of what is a thing that's continuing to push you down that path?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think what it really is, is there are the moments when I'm like very disillusioned with the law. It all feels very arbitrary, but then I realize I can just manipulate that arbitrary nature to get the outcome that I would prefer to see. Mm. Um, so I think, and again, this is very like law focused, but yeah. for example, um, I'm in the Veterans Legal Services Clinic here at Yale Law School. Um, we do a ton of like fascinating work related to the military DOD and the VA um, and Veterans Affairs and Veterans Benefits. Um, so for example, I'm working on three separate cases right now. One is an individual client's matter for a discharge upgrade. One is about like military justice improvement in general. And one's about access to fertility services through the VA and through TRICARE. Um, and in every single one of those, I constantly feel like we're running up against like huge obstacles, Mm. but there are ways that you can really use things, um, in your favor to make the best argument or to help your client out the most. Um, I also think my individual client, he got so, excuse my language. Don't know. I've I I don't know if you have like a rating on, okay. He got so screwed over, (laughs) insert the word you want by the army in his service. Um, that it was like egregious and to be able to take on his case and try to help him, he, that has been incredibly motivating. It's been four decades since he was in and he's still fighting. Um, And I think that is so inspirational to me because I would have just given up. I would have been like, I hate this organization. Like they're no good for me. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't care about me, but he is constantly like fighting for justice for himself and his family. um, And for all the benefits that he deserves from his service that, that again, I find like incredibly inspirational and motivating to see that like, the odds have been stacked against him now for 50 years and he's still like he's still out there swinging so I think sometimes it's very easy to like lose sight of the big picture um I always feel like sometimes I'm like missing the forest for the trees mm. and so I think when you realize like the people you're helping are really being vulnerable and really putting themselves out there and again, I'm trying to, I don't know how to make this kind of like a corporate business (laughs) um, allegory. But I think again, if you think about like the long-term picture, the, the wins won't come immediately, Mm. but after time and like, I don't know, our swim coach at West Point used to say like, what, you can eat an elephant one bite at a time, I -hmm. think. And I don't know why he would say that to us don't know what the content was <laughs> for swimming. And for those, Mickey, I forget his last name anyway. Um, but that's how I feel. So yeah. like i in my most voted motivated moments. It's like just constantly chipping away and soon enough, like the barriers and the walls will break down. Um, and I think I also came to law school thinking that like, it was going to be me like Miley Cyrus on the wrecking ball, just like, Making everything better all at once. Yeah, and that, yeah. Maybe someday, but I also realized, like Renee, like that's so hubris. Like, come back down to planet Earth. Um, and as long as I can make a little bit of difference over time, then like the butterfly effect of that will be have made it worth it.
0: You know, listening to you say that and kind of t- you, the you know, you saying I don't know how to make this relate to the business side of the house. I think you know, first. You know, the one thing that I really want to emphasize on this podcast is the idea that there is no right set path to transitioning out of the military. There's not. I don't care what anybody tells you, there isn't. And that's just a fact, right? It's whatever works for you, works for you. And really, the reason why I asked that question is because of the answer that you gave. That is like such an awesome answer. And it holds true whether you're in pursuing a law degree, or you're trying to get your MBA, or you're pursuing, you know, a master's in whatever field of knowledge you want to pursue to, to grow yourself in that, you know, to be an engineer, etc. And, you know, it's, it, you you bring up a great point in this idea that you, it, it you right like, when Daniel got out of the military, and I was a, I thought to myself that I have all this, you know, all, like all this stuff to add to organization yeah. and then you get into the organization and you're like, well, now, wait a minute. I, you know, you start looking <laughs> around and you're like, I'm, I'm the dumbest guy in the room. Like, yeah. what did I get myself into? And, but all that being said to your point, right? I, our, the analogy that we used was you know moving dirt right you take a shovel mm-hmm. you take one pile of dirt you know at yeah. a time and and you dig the hole one thing at a time and 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 you keep going right and it's, it and it does become this idea of moving dirt and sure in the first year the hole is really small but 10 years down the road you're going to have you know the size of a pool right yeah. you know and, and it just keeps growing and it keeps growing and Really, that's kind of the mentality that I'm trying to work with people um, because I think, unfortunately, as officers, when we transition out of the military, I know I did it. Like We set ourselves up for failure in this expectation that we set for ourselves of, to your point, I'm going to go out and conquer all the world's problems today, right? And then you get out of the military and you realize kind of how protected you were really from the kind of chaos that existed. And then they just like throw you out there and you're like, now wait a minute, like, hold on a second, what's going on here? This is not what I thought it was going to be like, you know? And so it's like, to your point, you're like, I can solve these problems. You're like, I am not yeah. even anywhere close. So I I see, I, I, you know, Renee's laughing at me and mm-hmm. I'm probably not at me, but at the, you know, the, the yeah. you know, the situation, but I, I mean, please feel free to add to that. Cause I, I feel like you probably have some great points on that.
1: No, that's so true. I think it's all about like perspective shifting. Um, I think especially in West at West point and then in the army, you're fed, like you are a leader of tomorrow and today and you will change your life and everyone's life that you touch and i that is true i like do believe deeply that like every interaction that you have with someone um like can impact them for better or worse and so you need to like reflect about how you're going to go about that but um i think it's really like you gotta you have to ground yourself i also think that in the military we have our own language we have our own systems you get very comfortable with that. And then when you get out and you're like, okay, no one's operating on the level that I am, not like I'm above, but just like, we're in different like universes entirely. Yeah. Um, and truthfully, I think that was a bit jarring for me because I'd gotten very comfortable with like my leadership style and the way that I was speaking to people and the way that I was like handling problems. And I think I got out and I had to learn like very quickly that it's it's not it's not the army no. <laughs> and people always tell you that but I think like it's hard sometimes and I was just joking with my friends earlier today someone made a pretty big mistake in something at school and I was like I am about to I'm about to absolutely lose it <laughs> like I was about to like flip And really like go back into my like less patient ways for better or worse. Yeah. And really like, you know, hold someone's feet to the fire. But then I'm like, that's not, we're in a learning environment. That's not Mm -hmm. the attitude that we need. That's not the like energy that we need. Um, So that too has been a learning experience. Um, But anyway, all of that to say, I think like, yeah, the perspective shifting and like, I also think, and I I know that we probably also don't want to make this so West Point heavy. But if you think of it, like I starting my first day of law school was no different than our day um, and showing up to West Point where I didn't know a thing. I had like yeah. never held a weapon before. I'm from New York City. I <laughs> like I remember with the Molly, like yeah. people kept talking about the Molly. And I turned to the like prior service kid in my squad and I was like, who is Molly? Like, <laughs> what are we talking about right now? But so. Like I just ha- I think I also have to sort of like give myself grace in the fact that I was thrown into an entirely new environment when I was what 17 18 years old didn't know anything. It's the same thing here. I just might have a little bit more grounding to it, but I feel like that's a, like that's pretty similar. And but you pick it up quick.
0: Yeah. Them. Well. Ho- I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say if there's one thing that I think veterans are very good at, it's it like adjusting to scenarios very quickly and learning how to like get your feet under you and figure out what's happening and how to properly like respond to situations. Cause I think that like every day on the job for us was having to respond quickly and be flexible and like think on a dime. So we have like, I may not have training in the law for that, but I have training in my real life for that. So that's important
2: too.
0: Adaptability is huge. And (laughs) Again, it and, and to 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 listeners out there, right? Okay, you know, Renee makes a good point. Like, we don't want this to be West Point heavy. So, I mean, even even I'm pretty sure for those of you individuals that decided to go the ROTC route, right? I'm pretty sure you're probably not used to the the rigor and you know the timeline and the and, and just the structure that came with also doing ROTC. Or mm-hmm. for those of the those of individuals that went the uh, what OES o- route, um, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think, but but all that holds all that holds true, right? I mean, there is this there is this crucible that uh, we as West Pointers went through of just getting thrusted into this environment. Like, I mean, it is like it isn't, you know? Hey, like here, it's it's no, like you are. It's just like basic training. I mean, for all the enlisted soldiers, it's basic training. You're cut off from the outside world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, hey, the bell's over there. If you can't handle <laughs> it, go yeah. ring it. You you know, yeah. like, get out. We don't need you. And I think that does set – it sets officers. It sets veterans up for success. And I think it, going off of that, I one of the things – one of my goals, again, with the greater Five and Fly company is mm-hmm. to educate companies – on this skill set that vet, veteran officers bring to the table of any branch of the military. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this idea that again, we are adaptable and it's, you know, I didn't go, I didn't go into the military as a logistician, right. I was a mechanical engineer when I was my major. And then I was a field artillery officer. And then you're telling me I got to like figure out how to order all this stuff. And, you know, do, it's just like, you know, Going on a deployment and like shit. Like what, what are you talking about? You know, don't we just have a guy for that? They're like, yeah, no, no, you're the guy now. <laughs> it's like, Oh, well, that's the mistake right there. But you know, at the end of the day, it's one of those things to your exact point. It's like, Hey, you have a month to figure out how to get all this stuff from GPS location, this to GPS location, that, uh, go. And if yeah. you fail, like, you know, yeah. I honestly like, I don't even Failure is
2: not an option.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, okay, there you go. Failure is not an option. So <laughs> go do it, exactly. you know? And yeah. I think it, it teaches you a lot of skills that also really set you up for being successful in, you know, when you get out of the military of this idea of becoming a critical thinker, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding this, this mentality that, hey, I might not know the answers, but what I do know how to do is go research. I know how to go talk mm-hmm. to peers. I know how to you know, just conduct all these different manners of figuring out a problem, becoming a problem solver. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, if you look at a lot of the problems in today's world, in the corporate world, it's not necessary. I mean, yes, there are the technical leads that need to do the technical stuff. There is, mm-hmm. but the tech, because there, the problem is, is what I've noticed is that the technical people are so technical mm-hmm. that they don't understand the greater scheme of what's going on. And then you have the visionaries or the strategizers who yeah. are so broad that they don't understand, you know, sometimes they're, they're selling stuff that, you know, they're like, Hey, like we could do this. It's like, no, we can't, we can't do that. Don't tell them that, you know? And, but to that point, right. I think what officers bring to the table is this ability to really what we do, I would say like probably our, the bread and butter being an officer is bringing the team together mm-hmm. and putting people in the right place to make the team the most efficient. And so, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it's just great listening, <laughs> listening to your point. I've, I've had that problem so many times. I'm like, man, if we were in the military right now, like I wouldn't even have to worry about what you were doing because it would get taken care of by, you know, the commander. So, and so, I don't, I don't know if you want to add anything else to that, <laughs> but I was just, I see you laughing. So.
2: No,
1: I was going to say what, this is like related to what you were saying, but I think that, Especially when it comes to law school, I think a lot of vets kind of like take ourselves out of the process before even applying because we think that like we're not wanted or um, we like aren't really going to fit in or whatever the case may be. But I was genuine. I have classmates who were having like real panic attacks about an exam in a way where the perspective that we have is like so grounded, I feel like, because it's like, does this actually matter? no, No. this right here is like, this isn't going to change anything. Um, and I think for a a lot of my vet friends in law school, it's kind of something we struggle with though, because Mm. to us, it seems so obvious about like, what is really going to change lives and what isn't. Mm. Um, and some people really don't have that perspective and it's like, that's not their fault. They're like 22 years old, like straight out of, um, undergrad, whatever the case may be, or like, it doesn't matter. But I think that that is something that I I also really want to make a point that like don't, don't take yourself out of the process for whatever process it may be just because you think that like you didn't do well enough in college or you or didn't get a good enough score on the LSAT. Um, the grad programs and especially law schools are like thirsty for veterans right now because of the energy that we do bring and the perspective mm. that we do bring into the classroom because I think it is again like Far more tethered to reality than some others may be, um, just because we've seen things like in action. You know, um, there was something else you said that reminded me, but I forget it now. So I'll come back to it, maybe. Yeah,
0: if if, if the memory jogs itself, maybe by <laughs> you know, guys, we continue talking. Please feel free to interrupt and mm-hmm. and uh, talk about it, because you're just providing such great insight into this world that you quite frankly, I'm unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't claim to to know. I think, again, this is one of those things where I'm entering in a world where it's like, I honestly don't have a lot of technical knowledge, but I understand the greater concept of, hey, transitioning out of the military isn't just going from point A to point B. It's like, Hey, here's point A. Here's like 19,000 different roads you can take. And how do we help you how do we help you put in the right coordinates to get to the point B where you you want to go? And the interesting thing too is right you, sometimes it's it's things like oh, I don't think I'm good enough to go to law school or get an MBA or like, right. My undergrad, I suffered. I was number 900 and something in my class. There's no way, you know, this school that I want to get into is going to accept me. And it's like, you know, I, I, that was one thing that we originally talked about. I was just like, I didn't even realize that you, these schools, you don't even think about, it, but they're like hungry. And not only are they hungry, they have like three assets to help get you there. Um, and so it to, to me it's like i you know i didn't know that and i think for me still at this point you know like i said secondary education wasn't a uh or pursuing you know a greater degree was not something that was you know high on my list i was kind of more of the uh not that i'm the greatest fan of elon musk and all and all <laughs> things but i think i i do like his mentality i think that there is a really innate nature to that especially as being an officer of like school hard knocks like a lot of what we learn as officers is failing i mean if you think about west point the school we went to i mean like they pretty much designed it to like for you to fail and it's like okay you're gonna have to figure out how to not fail you know so many people have
1: never failed in their lives or never been yelled at never been like brought back down to earth and Listen, do I love those moments that I had where my (laughs) PC was screaming at me? No, you know, I don't, but I like took it on the chin and I moved on. And I think that that is like a life lesson that's critically important too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, and to those of you people who are listening to this who aren't military, which like, good on you. I appreciate you. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, Like, go do something and fail at it. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what makes it fun. I, you know, I think like sharing, you know, episode one was my pilot episode and, you know, obviously going through it, it's miserable, right? Like I was jobless for four months. Like I'm looking at my wife, I'm looking at my, you know, eight month old son and I'm like, I am feeling like a failure. Right. But then it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, no, if now, you know, obviously hindsight's always 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, looking back on it, it's like, you know, like, yeah, that, That really sucked, but Mm. in a way, it was kind of fun because I learned I learned something about myself. Of again, another crucible that I faced in my Mm. lifetime, where it's like, hey, you know, like I, and and quite frankly, it's because of you know just our background, being in the army. It's like sometimes failure is not an option, right? Like not putting food on the table and not keeping a house over my family's head wasn't an option, and I was going to figure something out eventually, but. You know, had I not experienced that now, to your point, whenever I come into these different atmospheres where, you know, there's like people are freaking out and they've just never failed and they just like tense up. It's like, ah, go fail. Go go fail. Go figure, you know.
1: What I was also, you said something that I'm going from point A to like 19,000 point B's. (laughs) I think is so interesting about that. I'm like now doing my own like psychotherapy here. But I think that in the military, it's like, okay, you commission as a second lieutenant. 18 months later, you're a first lieutenant. However many months after that, you become a captain. You're going to go to Bullock. You're going to be a PL. You may do something else. You're going to go to Triple C. do this, be, whatever. Like the timeline is basically set in stone. And like we knew graduating, I knew what the next like 15 years of my life could have been. Mm-hmm. And I think that something like I kind of alluded to before, but something I'm uncomfortable with right now is that I don't know what the next like 6 months of my life are going to look like and that is definitely an area that I'm like very mm. uncomfortable in because I'm used to kind of like controlling my timeline um mm. but I'm like getting used to that feeling and I think that there also because there aren't that many routes you can take once you're in the army sure you could join another branch you could do something else but I think once you're out, what's actually most exciting is that you have a million options and you can jump around. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that I'm going to graduate from here in a year and a half with a JD and maybe I'll be an attorney for a few years, but I know that I can transition to something else. And at the very least, I've already had the experience of transitioning careers and landing on my feet. Um, And I think that that's something we also have to keep in mind that like, again, I think we're all pretty comfortable for the most part if you're a fat with like, the pipeline, and there's the timeline, and you stick to it. Um, mm-hmm. But getting used to that discomfort is also like very, very freeing because now, like the world is my oyster, in a way that otherwise I would have just like stayed on the treadmill, and maybe I wouldn't have been so fulfilled at the end of it.
0: We're we're very like minded to say the least. Uh <laughs> one of the reasons, and again, I don't want to sound arrogant when I say this, but one of the reasons why I decided to get out of the military is because it was like I'm not it's it wasn't easy, but like it's that mentality of it's too easy, right? Like it's a set path. I mean, unless yeah. you unless you like really epically fail, yeah. right, you're you're gonna basically be a battalion commander one day of yeah. whatever branch you're in. And to me, it's like there's no excite there's no excitement in that. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, cool, I get to be a battalion commander one day. You know, like again, like the to me, it was I I have an entrepreneurial mindset, mm-hmm. i.e., I'm starting a company, right? Or trying to start a company. Um, and so it's like that's exci- like this, this constant thrill. My wife and I were just talking about the other day. We've, we've made some friends who, uh, you know, uh, self-righteously I'll admit this is the first time I've met somebody that's been able to out athletic, athleticize me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I just made up a word there. Gosh, <laughs> it it. Come works. On. yeah, it's <laughs> fine. It'll, it'll, it'll buff. Right. Uh, and you know, it's like the first time I've ever, you know, like you see these guys, like they're just professional athletes. Right. And it's like, you see him on, you see him on Instagram. You're like, yeah, whatever. Like, the likelihood of me ever running to that person is, you know, zero pretty much, right? And mm-hmm. well, sure enough, they live like a stone's throw away down the road for me and we just interact with them on a daily basis and I'm like starting to kind of like my bravado gets, you know, taken back <laughs> a little bit and it's but it but, it, but it's great, right? Mm-hmm. And so in and kind of and and figuring that out it gives you really this I- idea of you know, figuring out where you are and then trying to understand like okay, right? Like this person might be might be more like athletic have more athletic prowess in me but like the thing that gets that gets me excited is this idea that like my pursuit of of trying to grow a company or like Mm -hmm. having these different pursuits that you didn't even realize you know are things that start to set you apart um And so, I mean, I'm excited for you, right? You just said you, you're trying to figure out what you get to do for like, yeah. what, the third time? Uh, yeah, listen, know.
1: I turned 30 on Saturday, so it's also just like deeply embedded. I'm like, Ooh. what am I doing with
0: my life? Man, well, first of all, <laughs> happy birthday. Um, go go have a awesome celebration. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: I just turned 30 in September. My wife just turned 30 and um, just passed uh two weeks ago we went out to keystone went snowboarding it was a oh, blast so, nice. so nice. go yeah. enjoy yourself don't study too yeah. hard hopefully you don't have like an exam or something coming up um, Never really. but, um go
1: ahead yeah but anyway no that's just why it's also i'm like again i i'm in school with like some 22 year olds <laughs> and i'm like oh my god <laughs> like, they're employed and i'm not
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's it, you know i think it's one of those things where as we continue to to figure out what we look at, it's like this it's this opportunity to really also look around to and understand that like you have the opportunity to go try something new. You yeah, know? Exactly. it's like I was pretty much gonna be a field artillery officer for the rest of my career, obviously unless I decided to go pursue special yeah. forces. But even still, kind of it's a not like, Hey, I wanna go be a finance core person. Or, yeah, like exactly. I wanna I those cards run on the table, um, which, well, for a lot of reasons, but, um, you know, but in the civilian world, right. Or, you know, just kind of getting out, it's like, oh, now I have like, you know what, if let's say I'm, I'm having a blast being an entrepreneur, I start a business, I'm successful. I sell It's like, I want to go be a, I want to go be a lawyer now. I want to yeah. go practice law. Right. I could go yeah. do that, you yeah. know? And so, um, now nah, granted, I know people were like, well, Dan, I could just get out of the army and do it. And I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. no, I'm, I'm but I'm just saying even, even more real time, you know, yeah. or I could do it in tandem, you know, to all those naysayers out there. I could just go to law school you right can. now, no, which,
2: you, you can. <laughs> uh,
0: that I think I would actually go crazy if I <laughs> decided, decided to pursue education at this point right now. Yeah. Um, but you know, one thing that I like to talk about to mm-hmm. and I don't know, this might be a relevant question that we might to unpack a little bit here but when I talk to you know people that are interested in joining or or in leaving the military right and figuring mm-hmm. out what what's the career path that they want to go on it's mm-hmm. this idea of you know really kind of putting things in the buckets that there's six of them right and it's again being a lawyer it's kind of like you in a way you, you know obviously there's ways to do it but like I guess for you um mm-hmm. I would be interested to see how you rank them but I have people rank these these six things in order again some of them are kind of predestined for you but the idea of work-life balance okay. autonomy, autonomy at work okay location okay uh, it, I usually say company but it would be probably firm for you yep. um and then uh position which again kind of predestined
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and then I think that I didn't mention salary
2: you did
1: not okay
0: so um, out of, like how would you rank those? Yeah. Echelon, yeah.
1: So just quickly, so I'm actually not going to a law firm, which is also okay. interesting. So that, it makes it even less predestined, um, but makes the salary that much lower. Um, honestly, number one for me is work-life balance. I think, like, we grinded so hard in the Army that I'm like, now I don't have to do that. So, like, I go to the gym for, like, an hour, hour and a half every day. Um, I'm I'm in bed by nine, which is amazing. Um, I'm, I really do not want to give like my soul to my job. Um, if it's fulfilling, that's amazing. That's an added bonus, of course. But like, I have a friend who's 30, who just had a stroke. She's a lawyer. I have another friend who had heart failure, young lawyer, um, I know of an attorney who like dropped dead in the courtroom during an argument, like you will never catch me having any oh sort of goodness. impact in my life that way. Like I think at the end of the day, and you obviously learn this in the army and then the military, but like we're replaceable. I got out the engineer regiment was fine. There was someone to take my shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like most professions are that way anyway, but what's not replaceable is like, me as a human to like my friends and family. Mm. So that's why I think number one for me will always be work-life balance. Mm. Um, like my health is not worth learning an extra case or something like that. And my, like in no way. Um, Tied to that, though, number two is location. Hmm. Um, I think that that is really tied to my work-life balance. I'm like very outdoorsy. I'm always wanting to like hike, backpack, ski. I learned how to fish this summer in Alaska, so now I'm like a fishing oh, let's person. Go. Um, those sorts of things. I love to be outdoors, and I, like I said, I love to work out. So um, I want a place that is close, so that I have those opportunities. Um, so that is also like determining probably where I'll end up. Like I was in Alaska last summer. I'll be in Denver this summer. I'm looking at jobs in like the mountain West and the Pacific Northwest generally. Um, just because like, I need that in my life. Um, autonomy. That's a good question because I feel like I'm a very independent person, but what I've actually realized at law school is what I miss most about the army is the team dynamic um where it was so mission and like values driven and it was never about yourself at the end of the day like even if there were people I didn't like personally like I knew that we had to figure our shit out to get the job done um -hmm. and I think something I'm struggling with currently at law school is like everyone's out for themselves Mm -hmm. and I hate that so I would honestly need to find a place to work that is like very team oriented um just because I love that sort of like feeling of like being a part of a team and succeeding as a team. Like obviously swimming is an individual sport, but like we're still competing as a, I team. Saw a team. Yeah. Um, okay. Salary. Like I said, truthfully, do I have a ton of anxiety about finances? Yes. Is that always in the back of my mind? Also? Yes. But I'm not going to me personally, I'm not making decisions based off salary. Um, yeah i will for now (laughs) we'll see maybe like once i graduate and then the bill comes and i'm like okay i should have done things differently but um as it stands right now i'm like it's just like a constant steady state of anxiety but i'm not doing anything about it (laughs) we'll talk to my therapist about that later (laughs) um okay i'm sorry what's the sixth thing uh
0: it was like position
1: position oh yeah so, no, yeah, that's kind of irrelevant because yeah. it's like the military. You you join at the bottom floor.
0: Yeah. Man. Um, yeah. Those are the, I mean, those are good answers. I think, you know, it's the reason why I ask people that is because I think, you know, there's a lot of people when they want to get out of the military, they have this idea of, they think they know what they want in order, right? They think they have it all together and they're like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna get out of the military and I'm gonna go, like I want work-life balance and I'm gonna go be a consultant at you know x y firm yeah. I'm like uh those guys are working you know seven yeah. eight hour weeks you know and and so I think they don't realize that and so the reason why I actually asked that that question mm-hmm. is because it's one of those things where you know when you're when you're trying to figure out what you actually want in life mm-hmm. it's you know because I, I Again, like I said, I feel like we're very much aligned on this idea of uh, you. there's so many opportunities out there, even though it might not always feel like it, where you can find an opportunity that can fit into your lifestyle that you yeah. want. And, you know, again, that's – again, another reason why I went to the small-medium business world is because – It's 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 big boy, big girl rules. Right. Mm -hmm. It's for me, the same thing is like another reason why I left the military is like, I don't want to have my schedule dictated to the nines. Right. Like I, I, for me, I still wake up early. Like I just never, unfortunately, like five o'clock comes around. I'm like, right, well, let's do this thing. And, uh, you know, so it's one of those things where I, I'm up at five o'clock and it, it's actually extremely helpful because from like the hours of five to seven, if I'm not, you know, some mornings I work out in the morning, like that gives me two hours of just uninterrupted time to get my work done. And so, you know, when two 33 o'clock rolls around, it's like, all right, like I keep my phone on me just in case somebody needs me for something, but generally I'm done, you know? And, um, and so, or, you know, right now we're, Oh my gosh, we're, my company is going not five and fly worlds. Yeah. The company I actually work for, we are we are just rocking and rolling. So it's a great problem to have. We're bringing yeah. more, you know, like relief. Right, QRF is on the way, but they're not here <laughs> yet. So we're just sitting in the foxhole, and we're yeah. just like, all right, boys, like count your magazines wisely. See what you got. Yeah. We're going to be sitting here for a little bit, you yeah. know. And uh, but no, but that's again that, that I think that's I you know again it sounds like you have a great mentality of to really what's important to your life and. Um, I just encourage you just to lean on that when you're, you know, when you're, and I'm, like I said, it's like, we're very aligned mentally. So I feel like you're already going that route, but, you know, put those things on a piece of paper, put them on, you know, wherever, where you can see them daily. So when it comes to time to figuring out, you at least have this, this, this background of figuring out, you know, Hey, this is where I need to start when I'm looking for, for opportunities. No,
1: a hundred percent. Um, and I think it took me, um, took me going to law school. To really figure that out. Um, I don't think I would have. I think otherwise I would have just been like hard charging. And like running myself dry. Um, without ever like reflecting on what that meant for me truly. So I do appreciate now. I have like more time. I'm not responsible for anyone but myself. And I guess my clients. But um, it's nice to just like sit back. And have time to really think about what matters. And we never get time for that in the service. So I really like. If you do have like a free hour, if you're still in, do
2: it.
0: Yeah, no, I think, you know, <laughs> I so, you know, I mentioned that I was at Fort Hood and mm-hmm. um, I, I live down in Georgetown, which is approximately like 45, 50 minutes away. And so, I mean, I just I at five o'clock in the morning, I drive up to Fort Hood and yep. I wouldn't go home until five o'clock, five 30 in the afternoon. Yeah. And so, you know, but to your point, like th- I, I was still able to find times to get away, like mm-hmm. whether that was going to the gym yeah. or just kind of sit in my car by myself. Um, That's so important. And yeah. the, you, you're right. I think just, again, harping on that point of, you know, to all listeners out there when you guys are trying to figure out what you want to do really, like, it's not just an exercise, right? Like really sit through, through and think about it. So at the end of the day, when, You know when the when the rubber meets the road, and because I'm talking with a uh, with a friend of mine who I'm you know helping. Well, he's got a job, and but the interest you know there was like a period of time where he didn't have any job offers on the table, and then now he has like you know four opportunities, and it's like okay, well now we okay this is great. Now how do those align? You know the the decision becomes easier than you think when you have prepared yourself to make that decision. And that's really kind of the most important thing um, to everything. So, um, you know, one thing I want to do, and I think you've kind of hit on this a little bit throughout mm-hmm. the podcast episode, but that'd be interesting by just asking the question straight straight up. But mm-hmm. one thing I like to do when, um, you know, we kind of just start to wrap things up is ask this question um, mm-hmm. to, to the individuals that, you know, and, and the question is, you know, what is your why to getting out of the military? Mm -hmm. Um, and like I said, we've, we've kind of, we've kind of danced around it. We've talked about certain things, but you know, I think when I asked a point, you know, to everybody's like, that's a great question. And I was like, well, we've kind of answered it, but it's, I think it is when you actually, when you're finally asked the question, right. And before, before, before you answer, I'll give you a little bit more time to ponder, but one thing that when I'm talking to people, you know, one thing we hit on is that that two that two year out mark of separating mm-hmm. from the military, and I think before you do anything,
2: mm-hmm. the
0: question you should ask yourself is why am I getting out of the military? Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, yes, the company's called Five and Fly. Yes, the company, the podcast is called It'll Buff. Right, mm-hmm. like I'm focused on people who want to get out of the military. But if your why isn't good enough to get out of the military, then you, there's there's nothing wrong with staying in the military. like again, I always tell people, there's great opportunities in the military, uh, maybe not amazing ones, but there's great ones and they might be a little bit harder to get. but so with all that being said, giving you some time to to ponder. So Renee, what is your why to getting out of the military?
1: Okay, we'll answer that after I just say this quickly to your last point.
0: All good, all good.
1: I think. Honestly, too, if you are someone who enjoys like stability, mm. I know that the military might not seem like a very stable lifestyle, but like you will have a paycheck, you will have health care and you will have a job mm. um, unless, like you said, you screw it up royally beyond belief. So I think that if you're someone like, yes, you're moving, your hours are dependent on like which soldier went to jail and which soldier I get that. But... um, I really think that like, that is something that I never really thought about, but then once you're like, you know, hunting for a paycheck on the outside, like you've talked about, like, that is something to really consider when you're getting out. Like, are you in a place of like financial and like fiscal stability such that you could get out and Mm. you might not have a job. Um, and if you're not, then there is like, like you said, there's no shame in staying in. It is a cushy for the most part, like well-tempered gig. Um, that being said, (laughs) why did I get out? (laughs) Um, so I think, like you said, I've kind of like alluded to it, but I do think I honestly had to get out to also just like save myself. Mm. I think that I was just under, I felt again, as a woman that I was just under constant pressure about like how I looked, how I behaved, like which soldiers were starting rumors about me sleeping with who, like all of that stuff. Mm. And it became so normalized that I didn't really think about it, but now that I'm out, I'm like, okay, that was constantly in my head and constantly something that I was dealing with. And it's just exhausting. Like that is brain space that I could be using on a million other things. Um, That relates to the fact that I also think like I have passion and ambition and like a purpose, I think on this world. And I think that like, I'm here to make it better for the next generation. And I think that, while I loved my soldiers and I loved my job and I loved the people I worked with, I wasn't being used to the best of my abilities. Um, And I think that like my potential is greater than whatever I would have done in the engineer regiment for the army. Mm -hmm. So I do like, I still have some friends who are in, to be honest, a lot of them are out doing like amazing things. Um, But I really think that, This is, we haven't talked about this at all and you know, next time, (laughs) but I think that the talent management in the military is a disaster. And as a result, they are hemorrhaging people who could make it a much better organization, but that's not my problem. It's not my responsibility to fix. And I wasn't going to like throw myself at the altar to prove that point. So I just had to get out to like save myself and like put my purpose towards other people and other things. Um, and I think now again, like in my work, in my veterans legal services clinic, I'm able to use the things that I learned to actually help people who are Uh veterans and who are in the service, um, in a way that I honestly didn't think I would be able to, but I'm like, so grateful that I have that opportunity. So I still have like one foot in, which is really nice, but on, I like to be on the other side.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that, first of all, I, you know, again, I'm uh, just, I in a way i you know I'm, I'm i want to tread on this lightly uh, for for no you know disrespect out there but i i'm thankful that i never had to experience that what you had to experience right of like that just shouldn't be something that a female officer should have to think about yeah I, and so again thanks for sharing that thanks for the transparency i think that's so amazing um, and I just, you know, I just think to all listen, hopefully to the female listeners out there, um, you know, like it, if that's happening, like, please reach out to somebody like Renee so she can help you, yeah. you know, kind of just process that and work through that. Um, but 100%. I think, I think that's such a, but to your other points, right? This idea of, <laughs> okay, let's, let's let, us let us let us just for the listeners on here, we're going to have a talent management conversation about the army <laughs> because <laughs> holy smoke, I, golly it is that is just one of those points where it's it, yeah the Army doesn't even realize it has the problem that's how bad it is um but I think that's so true I think you know there's just so many I think that's such a great point that you brought up and realizing right like this idea of like man I like you look around and it's like that dude over there is a captain. And he just got that rank because he shows up to work every day, and I'm over here putting all this work in, and, and it kind of becomes this thing where it's like this, like well, then why am I trying hard, right? And it's like again, being I feel like being aligned, like we have this mentality of like, well, no, 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 I'm going to provide the best version of myself to my unit because that's the type of person that I am. But there are people out there that aren't like that, and then they, you know, they raise to the ranks, and it just gets you know muddies the water. Yeah. Um, but I think yes, no, we will definitely have man. That is, I'm probably gonna have a whole series. I'm just gonna have people come on and talk about how bad time now. I don't, you know, (laughs) I don't like to. I don't like to rip too hard on the army. I think, you know, like to your point, I think just like any corporate organization that you go into, the the army has its faults, right? Mm -hmm. Like, no, in to all the people looking to transition out of the military, the corporate world also isn't perfect. There are going to be organizations that have their faults. So don't just think you're gonna like all your problems are just gonna go behind you because you left the military like that's just not true right they might look a little bit differently and be dealt with a little bit differently but they're still there um and so rem- just remember that going forward uh to all the listeners out there um but renee thanks so much for sharing uh this has been just so awesome I, is there is there any other like parting words you had i don't you know i don't want to i just see you smiling and you know i want to make sure no i'm did, just you-
1: thinking like. I know for a fact that I wouldn't be who I am today again to the haters for better or worse, I guess, if it weren't for West Point and if it weren't for the army. So I'm with you, but it's like, I feel like it's like a family member who Mm. who you're like, it's my family member. So like I can talk shit,
2: but (laughs) I also want
1: them to be better because like I was with them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I think, I mean, I, maybe I'm, I'm reading this wrong, but I feel like a lot of this is also just like, we want to help those who are falling in our footsteps, mm-hmm. and we want to make the organization better, but like sometimes that again is by like opting out so anyway, thank you so much for having me on. This was really so much fun, and like you said, and I don't know if you put this at the end anyway, but if anyone has any questions about going to law school, being a woman in the military, getting out, whatever it is um i'm like. I don't want to say my DMs are always open. I don't think I should say that, but like you can always message me (laughs) on some platform.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. Thanks for adding that. No, usually what we do is I just, I'll create a podcast episode. I'll throw it out on LinkedIn. um, So there's at least, at least least your LinkedIn profile is on there. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, they can get you through LinkedIn. Um, I feel like that's, that's kind of like the professional tool. Uh, I was doing air quotes for those of you obviously Sometimes I just forget what I'm doing these days.
1: Um, no, when you level up again, and this is an instrumental real. Yes.
0: that's it. Air quotes, professional.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, whatever. Oh gosh, um, but no, Renee, thank you so much for for coming on. I, your is – I mean, I hope it has a lot of impact to a lot of listeners out there. I mean, it's it, again, it's it just it for me. It's exciting to just talk about this different venue that. I knew existed, but I had no idea, you know, what it, what it was, so to speak, right? This awesome resource service to school that you are part of, again, another great resource didn't know existed. So thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And to all listeners to out there listening, um, you know, Hey, you guys heard it. You heard it from Renee, reach out to her. I'm going to have her LinkedIn notes posted in the notes section for the podcast episode. I'll post it on LinkedIn. For those of you guys that are following five and fly on LinkedIn as a company, um, and I just again to all listeners out there, thank you so much you know renee hit on it this this podcast is what all we're trying to do all I'm trying to do when I have these people on is a build a community of veterans who want to help other veterans mm-hmm. and then b build a community that's going to help make the path you know for veterans that are coming behind us easier to walk on right We're trying to take the nineteen thousand that I mentioned and we're gonna try and at least get it down like to a thousand you know if <laughs> Honestly, if we get down to 18,000, I feel like I've done my job. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, I, I very much have the same mentality. I'm not out to, to change the world. I'm just out to try and make this a little bit better. I think that, you know, in the more and more people we come on and share their experiences, the more and more people can start to be like, they can start to pick and choose things that are relevant. And I've said this before to the listeners out there. So to all you guys, like, just because Renee did it this way, doesn't mean it's the right answer for you. So yeah. again, hopefully you've took your notes. Uh, and you will figure out what's good for you and what's not good for you. But uh, again, Renee, thank you so much. This episode has been an absolute blast uh, to the listeners out there. She will be back. Uh, we're going to talk about time management in the <laughs> army. I don't know when we're going to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it yeah. because I'm excited. It's, it's going to be it's going to be fun. All right, guys, uh, just remember, it'll buff. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the it buff podcast i hope you enjoyed that conversation i really enjoy having them here's the thing if you like that episode please do a few things to help me out one go save this podcast put it in your library i'm going to be releasing one episode a week every week here on forward the next thing is go to the five and, and take the survey It'd be really helpful for you to take this survey to help paint a picture of where each member that is separating from the military that's interested in this community is at. There's all kinds of questions, things that I've covered from previous episodes, so please go take this survey. Third, please go schedule one-on-one on the website. I'd love to talk to you and hear where you're at in your transition journey and help at least put you on the right hazmuth and potentially work with you for the, for the future to come. Lastly, If you or somebody you know has a separation story that you would like this community to hear, please reach out to me so we can schedule that story, and I'd love to have you on the podcast. Again, this is a community by you guys for the people that are coming behind us. The goal is to make each person that comes behind us as they separate from the Army have a more successful path than we did. That's the goal. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed, and remember, it'll block.